Hello, everyone. Everybody doing well today? Praise God. I so appreciate you being here. I've got two things that I want to share with you, and then uh, I'm going to start a brand new uh, series this morning. Uh, I want to, we're going to pray. I want us to pray this morning, and I want you to understand something. Our heart is to reach this city and this county and this area with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You think if every church in this community was full this morning, if we had every seat in here full, if every other church in this community this morning had every seat full, I would bet there would still be two or 3,000 people or more in this community who aren't hearing the good news, who are not in church, who are dealing with issues in their life without Jesus Christ. And I've been praying that God would give us this city. I've been praying that he would give us the law. I said a couple of weeks ago, you know, it's not about exchanging sheep. You know, it's not about going to different churches, but it's about reaching people who are not in church anywhere. That's our heart in Ground Zero. That's our heart in Power Kids. We had a couple in church this morning in the early service that have never been here before, and I went up and introduced myself to them, and here's what they said. They said, our son is in Ground Zero, and our daughter is in Power Kids, and we thought we ought to all go to the same church together, and so they came here this morning. That's because of outreach, amen? And so I'm going to pray, and I want you to agree with me in prayer this morning. All right, Father God, I thank you this morning. Lord, we pray over Tulia. Father, I pray you pour out your spirit on this city, that your grace and your mercy would run through the streets and the homes and the hearts of this city. Father, I just want to very plainly and simply ask you to give us this city. God, give us the lost, give us the hurting, give us those who don't know the message of Christ, give us those who are not in church this morning, who need help, who are looking for help and looking for answers. Father, give us wisdom. Father, show us how to reach more people. Show us how to reach more people with Christ. See people saved, see people baptized, see people touched, see marriages saved, see kids' lives turned around. Father, we pray this morning, our heart is that you would give us this city and you give us the wisdom to do it. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right, the next thing I wanted to say to you, I want to encourage you in something very simple that will help you grow in your daily life with Christ. And it's very simply this. Each and every day, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just simply tell Jesus that you love him. All right, if you're driving to work, uh, you're at home, you just think about telling Jesus Christ that you love him. Listen, as a parent, I know that my children need to hear it. I know my wife needs to hear it. I know that my, as my grandchildren grow, they'll need to hear it. We all know that, right? When you tell people that you love them, it strengthens, it strengthens your relationship with them, and it also stirs your heart. So I just want to encourage you this morning, this week, Tell Jesus that you love him when you're driving to work, when you're doing whatever you're doing. Just simply say, hey, Jesus, I love you, and I'm thankful for the love that you have for me. If you've never done that before, I'm telling you, it'll strengthen you, and it'll encourage you this morning. Excuse me, and I'm going to start a brand-new series this morning, and it's called I Am Gideon. And I'm going to show you some amazing things in the story and in the life of Gideon and uh, to help you see what God is doing uh, in his life. Now, here's what I want you to know this morning. Uh, God is a redeemer, okay? God is a restorer. And God restores and redeems Gideon's life, and he restores and redeems the life of Israel. Israel's gotten themselves in trouble. And Israel, because of disobedience toward God, have gotten some things going on that they're not happy with. Gideon is in a hole that he didn't necessarily dig. 
All right, he's in a hole that somebody else dug, but because of that hole, he's suffering and he's got some things going on in his life. Now, here's the first thing I want you to think about this morning. Think about your own life. Maybe you're in a hole this morning that somebody else dug and you need help getting out of that situation. Uh, This week, I just took a card and I made a list of some things that I know that we could all be dealing with and I just wanna share some of them with you. Maybe you're in a hole this morning because of your parents. All right, your parents maybe made choices and did things that have caused you to suffer. Maybe a family member has done things that have made you suffer. Or maybe you're even just in a bad relationship, and those relationships, if if you will, have caused you to kind of be in a hole. Uh, Maybe something happened to you in high school or even in college, and you think, man, I wish that had not happened to me in in that time of my life, and you still feel like maybe you're suffering from it. Maybe simply you've just made bad choices. I mean, you just made some bad choices, and because of it, you feel like you're in a hole. How about maybe a bad marriage? Maybe you've had a bad marriage. Maybe your marriage is not necessarily where you want it to be today, or maybe you've been through divorce. Maybe you have an ex-wife that you feel like, man, because of my divorce and my ex, I'm in a hole. Or maybe you have an ex-husband, and you think, man, I'm just in a hole this morning, and I wish I knew how to get out. Uh, maybe you've made bad financial choices. You're in financial situation this morning and you think, man, I I need to get out of that hole. Maybe you filed bankruptcy or maybe you've had a business go under. Maybe you've lost your job or you've lost a job. All right, now I'm almost done. Maybe you've got health issues. I talked to somebody after the first service that came up to me and they said, oh my gosh, we had these health issues in our life. Uh, maybe you've struggled with depression Uh, Maybe you've experienced a death in your life or in in your family and you're struggling. I can tell you from my own personal experience, when my father died, it it put us in a hole, if you will. So Gideon's in a hole. He's in a hole. And uh, he didn't necessarily dig the hole, but God's going to help him get out. God wants to help you get out. Have you ever been in a hole before and you felt like that it was so deep that maybe somebody was shoveling dirt on top of you while you're down in there? Okay, here's what I want you to know. That's not God. God is a restorer. God is a redeemer. Now, I'm going to start reading to you this morning. We're going to start with Judges chapter 6, verse 1, and I'm going to read you the beginning of this story. Now, let me just begin, and I'll share as I go along. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. They've literally been run out of town. They, because of their enemies, they've literally been run out of town, and they're out in the desert, and they're hiding in caves, and they're hiding in holes, and they're hiding in strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far as Gaza. They're broke. They're absolutely broke. They've lost their houses. They've lost their finances. They've lost their crops. Let me keep reading. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys. These enemy hordes coming with their livestock and tents were as thick as locusts. They arrived on droves of camels, too numerous to count. And they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. I don't want you to miss that right there. Let me paint a picture for you. They are in dire straits. They have drifted away from God. It's been 200 years since God delivered them from slavery in Egypt. It's been about 200 years, give or take. 
Now, if you remember, I told you the two greatest stories in the Bible, the greatest story in the Old Testament is the story of the Exodus, where God, by his hand and his grace, delivers Israel out of slavery and delivers them out of bondage. The other greatest story in the Bible, of course, is the cross of Jesus Christ. God delivered Israel physically. Jesus has delivered you and I spiritually, physically, mentally, and emotionally. However you need to be delivered, he'll do it. So this is where they're at. Let me continue to read and show you what happens. When they cried to the Lord because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites. Here's what he said. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians, something that happened 200 years ago. I rescued you from the Egyptians, from all who oppressed you. I drove out your enemies, and I gave you their land. I told you, I'm the Lord your God. You must not worship the God of the Amorites in whose land you live. Listen to the last sentence. But you have not listened to me. You have not listened to me. Now, this is the basic, the beginning of the story of Gideon. Here's what I want you to see this morning. They're in trouble. They're in trouble because they've drifted away from God. God has delivered them. They've gone into God's promised land. They know about the promises, and they've drifted away from God, and they've gotten involved with their neighbors, the Amalekites, and they've begun to worship their gods. And because of it, they're suffering. Listen to me very carefully. Lots of times we suffer, not because of God, but because of our own choices. We take a casual attitude towards God's word. We take a casual attitude towards God's promises and God's warnings. And because of it, we suffer. And lots of times we want to blame God for our suffering when, in fact, he had nothing to do with it. Now, I want to read to you this morning. The next verse is out of Hebrews. I'm going to go to Hebrews chapter 3, and I'm going to read verse 12 and 13. Listen to what it says. It says, Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it's still today so that none of you are deceived by sin and hardened against God. Listen to me. That verse says two things. It says, number one, that we're supposed to be careful. You ever tell a loved one that when they leave to go to the store? Hey, be careful. It's almost kind of a, a, a phrase we say all the time. The scripture says you and I are supposed to be careful. Careful of what, pastor? Careful that we don't move into unbelief. Listen, the truth of God's word is being preached this morning, and you have two choices. You either say, man, I want some of that. I believe that. I think I'll have that. Or you say, hey, I don't know about that. I don't know if I believe that. The Bible says be careful that you don't move into a heart of unbelief. Then it says we're supposed to warn each other daily, daily. Now, this is your weekly warning, okay? Consider yourself warned this morning, amen? But then the rest of the week, we're supposed to warn each other daily. What are we supposed to warn each other? Here's what we're supposed to warn each other, that you don't allow sin to harden your heart and deceive you. Now, listen very carefully. Sin does two things to you. When you drift away from God and you drift into darkness, sin does two things. It hardens your heart and it deceives you. You ever been around anybody that's living in darkness and you try to tell them they're living in darkness and you'll find out very quickly that their heart is hard and they're resistant. The second thing they think is they think they're fine. 
Have you ever tried to tell anybody that's addicted that they need to get help for their addiction? You know what they'll tell you? Oh, I'm fine. Do you know why they say that? Because their heart is hard and because they're deceived because of sin. (coughs) Excuse me. Listen very carefully. That's exactly what sin does to you. And we're supposed to be careful and we're supposed to warn each other that we don't allow our hearts to become hard and our hearts to become deceived and we think we're okay. Psalm says, the way of a man seems right in his own eyes, but the end thereof is death. See, we think, hey man, I'm doing great. I'm just going down this road and everything's fine and everything's okay when maybe things are not okay. Listen to these two statements. If you are on the road of destruction, you generally hate truth You hate God's word, and you hate what God's doing. If you're on the road of restoration, you love God, and you love his word. Listen, I've got great news this morning. I'm so glad you're here. You know what that tells me? It tells me that you are on the road of restoration. It doesn't mean maybe everything's perfect in your life, but you choosing to come here this morning tells me you love God and you love his word and you're on the road of restoration. There's lots of people in your life who you know are on the road to destruction. And have you ever tried to tell them about the Bible? Ah, don't tell me about that Bible, right? Don't use that Bible on me. I don't want to hear no Bible verse, right? When they do that to you, you know what they're telling you? They're telling you, just like Israel, that they're on the road to destruction. Now, let me tell you a couple of things about sin. Sin is always progressive. What does that mean, Pastor? That means it grows. The Bible says in the Old Testament that hell is never satisfied. Listen, the devil is never satisfied. Hell is not big enough, and hell is not full enough as far as he's concerned. He wants it bigger, and he wants more people there. Sin is always progressive. It starts small. We all know that saying, right? Give the devil an inch, and he'll take a mile, right? Okay, there's a lot of truth in that. See, when sin creeps into your life, and you don't recognize it, you don't realize it, you don't get rid of it, it grows, and it grows, and it grows, and it's progressive. Here's the next thing about sin. The devil wants to take an inch, and he wants to grow it in your life. Let me tell you how he does it. First, he does it with a toehold. <clears throat> What's a toehold, Pastor? All he wants is an inch in your life. You just give him room to put his toe and give him a place to hang on to. And listen, he's patient. He'll wait your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s. He'll wait his entire life to get you where he wants to so he can take advantage of you. And he turns that toehold then into a foothold. And then he turns the foothold into a stronghold. And he gets his arm around your neck and he has a chokehold on you. Here's what I know about darkness. It's easier to resist on the porch than it is once it's in the back of your bedroom. See, when you look through the keyhole and see the devil, you open the door and you go right out on the porch and you say, get off my property in the name of Jesus. But when you go back in the back bedroom and he's taking a nap, okay, then it takes a crowbar. It takes a little more work to get him out, right? Because you've gone from a toehold to a foothold to a stronghold. That's how it works. Sin is progressive. See, you think, oh, I can play with sin, pastor. Oh, it doesn't matter what I do. Hey, I'm not hurting anybody. No, no, listen to me. The devil has you right where he wants. Here's the next thing. When the devil is through with you, and he will be, when he's through with you, you and your family are destroyed. Listen, the devil wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your children, and he wants to destroy your grandchildren. Let me tell you a fact. Your children suffer because of your sin. Your grandchildren will suffer because of your sin. It's impossible for them not to. 
So you allow darkness into your life. You begin to compromise. You know what the children of Israel did? Here's exactly what they did. God said, make sure you don't worship the gods of the Amorites. It was Baal. You make sure you don't worship Baal. Gideon's father became a Baal worshiper, and he suffers because of it. And I'm going to tell you more about that in the coming weeks and show you what happened. But they worshiped Baal. You know what they did? Well, they went out on their porch, and they looked across the street. And they said, hey, my neighbor's worshiping Baal, and he's doing okay. Hey, the guy down the road from me, he doesn't serve God. He doesn't go to church. He's okay. In fact, he has a newer pickup than I do. In fact, his house is bigger than mine. In fact, his wife is dressed better than mine. They're doing okay, so it's okay with what I do. Now, listen, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says don't do that. Amen? The Bible says don't look at the sinner and say they're set up. Don't look at the world and say they're blessed because that's a terrible, grave mistake to do. That's exactly what Israel did. They said, hey, it looks like God's not going to do anything to us. And so they just casually went along. Here's what I want you to understand. You cannot take a casual view of God's word, God's promises, and God's warnings. Listen, listen, God means what he says in his word. He loves you, he's your father, and he wants to redeem you, he wants to rescue you, he wants to restore you, and he does not want you to have a casual attitude of, oh, it doesn't matter how I live, it doesn't matter if I allow sin in my life, it's okay if I give the devil a toehold, it's okay if he has a foothold, hey, we can all live together and be happy. No, you can't. Listen, you and your family will be destroyed. Now, I want to read you another verse this morning, I want to go to Jeremiah Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. Now, before I read it, let me tell you this. <clears throat> Israel's in trouble because they compromised. Israel's in trouble because they disobeyed God. And because of it, they're under bondage. Now, they're not under slavery again, but they're under bondage. Listen, they're broke. They've lost their houses. They've lost their crops. They've lost their jobs. They've lost their kids all because they had a casual attitude towards God and his word. He said, hey, I said, don't worship any other gods, but you wouldn't listen to me. So now you're in bondage. Let me read to you what it says in Jeremiah 6, 16. I love this. You're going to love it too. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its paths and you'll find rest for your soul. But you replied, no, that's not the road we want. Now let me show you three simple things this morning that happened to the children of Israel that begins to put them on the road of restoration. The story I'm going to read in the next few weeks is amazing. Listen, they're in a hole. You may be in a hole this morning. And God shows Gideon some very simple, specific things he can do. And he gets out of his hole. And in fact, the nation gets out of their hole. And they're very simple truths that you're going to be able to apply to your life. So whatever you're facing this morning, see, it doesn't matter how bad it seems, how hard it seems, how impossible it seems, how deep the hole seems. Your hole may be so deep that when you look up to the top, it's only a pinhole of light. See, no matter what it is you're going through and facing, I'm going to show you some very simple things you can do. Here's the first thing they did. The first thing they did was they stopped digging. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, if you find yourself in a hole, isn't that the first thing you have to do? You have to stop digging. What do you mean, Pastor? How am I digging? Well, the way you keep digging the hole deeper is you continue to have a casual attitude toward God's word, God's promises, and God's warnings. 
and you think, oh, it doesn't matter. As long as you think that way, you're still digging, and the hole's getting deeper. So stop digging and throw the shovel out. Here's the second thing you got to do. They cried out to God. They stopped what they were doing. They recognized they were broke. They recognized they were sick. They recognized it was hopeless. And they said, God, you have to help us. Can I encourage you this morning? Stop what you're doing and say, God, you have to help us. Then here's what he told them. He said, I told you what to do, but you wouldn't listen. So the next thing you got to do is you got to listen. Now, what did I just read to you in Jeremiah? Listen to what it says. It says, stop at the crossroads in life. What do you mean, Pastor? Stop what you're doing. Listen, can I encourage you? Find some quiet time this week. If your hole's pretty deep, find some time to be quiet. Listen, most of the time we hate quiet. You know why we stay busy and stay moving all the time? Because we don't want to hear anything. But can I encourage you to stop and find a quiet place? What does it say? It says stop at the crossroads and look around. What does that mean? That means look up and look around and say, God, show me which way to go. Now, here's what I know. This last week, Vicky and I went to a service in Amarillo, Texas, and we heard a man named Ravi Zachariah. He's a man that grew up in India. His dad was a Hindu priest. And uh, he's a born-again Christian. He has an amazing ministry, an amazing testimony. I love his books. Uh, and he, he was in Amarillo. And Vicky went up to saw him. And here's one of the things that he said. He said, you may not choose God because you think the price is too costly. You may think your hole's too deep. Now, he didn't say that. I'm saying that. He said, you may think the price is too costly. But here's what I want you to know. If you don't choose him, it costs even more. See, listen to me about sin. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. And it'll cost you more than you want to pay. Let me read to you one more time. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. And it'll cost you more than you want to pay. What does that verse say? It says, stop at the crossroads. What's a crossroads, pastor? Well, that's whether you're going to choose light or you're going to choose darkness. You're going to choose God's way or you're going to choose your own way. You're going to recognize what you've been doing hadn't working. You're going to take an honest look at your own heart and you say, God, I need help. God, I need help with my marriage. God, I need help with my kids. God, I need help at my job. God, I need help with my finances. God, my health is not good. I got a bad report at the doctor. God, I'd like to quit smoking. I'd like to quit drinking. I'd like to quit whatever. And God, I can't do it. I need your help. What Kurt preached last week? God, I can't, but God can. On my mirror in my bathroom, I have on a little card, do what makes you strong in Christ. Well, I made me a new little card, and right underneath it, it says, God, I can't, but you can. That's what they did. They stopped digging. They stopped taking God's promises casually and had that attitude of it doesn't matter. My neighbor's okay. Maybe I'm okay too. And they threw their hands in the air. They threw their head back, and they said, God, you have to help us. Then it says he sent the prophet. He sent the promise. He sent the answer. And he said, you haven't been listening to me. That's the next thing you got to do. You got to stop. You got to cry out. And you got to listen. Listen to what it says. It says, ask God for the old godly way, then walk in it. Travel its path, and you'll find rest for your soul. But lots of folks say, Lord, I don't want your way. Now, I'm not saying that about y'all. I believe you're here this morning and you want God's way. Three simple truths. You got to stop digging. You got to ask God for help. 
And then you got to listen and do what he says. Israel's in trouble. Gideon's in trouble because Israel's in trouble. He's in a hole he didn't dig. And as he walks through, as we walk through this story in the next few weeks, I'm going to show you how God delivers Gideon out of his problems. He's going to deliver you out of your problems. And whatever you're facing, God's going to move. God's going to help you. God's going to take care of it. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand up and let's pray. Now just bow your head for just a moment with me. We've got a couple of minutes. We're doing good on time. Just take a minute. Close your eyes. And I just want you to take a minute and just do business with God. Okay, you know this morning if you're in a hole. You know if you are. You know what you're facing. Every one of you in this room has something different you're facing. Some of you's hole may be really deep. Some of you, it may not be deep at all. But you may be in an impossible situation. And I just want you to close your eyes. And I want you to just say to yourself, God, I want to stop digging. I want to stop worrying. I want to stop having a casual attitude towards your promises. And I want to turn my heart towards you. And God, I need your help. In your heart, in your mind, with your words, right where you're standing. <clears throat> if you need God's help this morning, <clears throat> just simply ask him, God, I need your help. And God, I'm willing to listen. As I stand at the crossroad, God, show me which way to go because I need peace in my life. I need peace in my heart, and I want the way you want me to go. Father God, I pray for every person in this service that they're strengthened, they're encouraged. I'm so grateful they're in church. I'm so grateful that they said yes to you. I'm so grateful they were led by your spirit to be here and that, God, you lead them in the right path. You help us get out of difficulty. You help us get out of our hole. You help us go the way we need to go. And, Lord, your scripture says that we'll find peace. Lord, I love that. We'll find rest and peace for our soul. Father, I'm thankful for it this morning. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. And everybody said amen. amen. The Lord's good, isn't he? Amen. amen. Y'all go ahead.